Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. Alright, with me today I have Jason Earls. Hello everyone. And Taylor Arndt. Hello everyone. Alright, so it's been a few weeks since we've done an episode and there has been quite a bit of tech news and so that's what our focus is on today is kind of what's been happening in the world of tech in the last couple weeks um the first thing i am kind of excited about is that i found out the mask by razor has been greenlit it is now not just concept it is a thing they are developing it uh did you hear that this week jason I did actually. I had meant to uh, to let you know about it. I guess I didn't. Um, I saw that and I was like, "Oh, Michael is going to be excited." <laughs> Michael is excited. I cannot wait to get one of these. I don't know how long it'll take them to make or if it'll have all the features they wanted in it, but it's going to be a thing. The next thing that I found out that's interesting. Did you guys hear um, that there's proposal for? Discord to be bought by Microsoft. Yes. I thought that was actually a thing. I didn't realize it was just a proposal, so. Uh, it uh, was proposed for, what was it, 10 billion? Holy wow. Did you hear about this, Jason? I did, actually, and I believe you're right. My only concern, though, is that if Discord is purchased by Microsoft, that they and I, as I assume they'll do this, um, continue to allow it to sound as, 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 as nice and as clear as it currently does. Yeah, that's kind of my big thing about this, is uh, I want it to sound as clear and good as Discord has. I don't want them to change the model, and I don't want them to add it into Teams. That would not be ideal. Yeah... Uh, I think that, you know, maybe add the technology into Teams, but leave Discord as it is. But the nice thing about Microsoft, they have been known to do that. I mean, look at GitHub, you know. That's true. It's basically still being run as its own Mm -hmm. entity, right? Yes. And so that's kind of nice. I'm hoping that they do the same for Discord. Yeah, that'll be nice. Because they would upset a lot of people if they were to make drastic changes like that in a Discord. Especially, you know, since it's used with a lot of uh, folks in the gaming community. And, uh, yeah, there'd be a lot of unhappy people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, and Discord actually, uh, keeping on that, Discord introduced their own clubhouse-styled uh, rooms called Stages. And we've played with stages, and it's pretty neat. Our Discord channel has a stage room called Presentations. And one of the neatest things about it is, as far as accessibility is related, it's the only platform that I know of that has this Clubhouse feature that lets you um, see who's speaking. It It's difficult because it doesn't always update for voice. I mean, it doesn't update for voiceover, but it's all text. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that seems um, 
like it's going to be really handy. I mean, who knows? Maybe they can update it and turn it into, I don't know, what, a, a, a live region or something? Something yeah. like that. Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. One, you know, one of the things that another fo uh, person on our server said was that it's nice that because every user profile gets a big color, each person's a certain color, uh, and it has their picture on the stage and who's speaking. So it's easily determined who is doing what. So I, I love the low vision aspect of stage rooms on Discord. But it offers the same clarity, all the same features, raised hands, all that stuff. So it's really cool. Um, and then on to the next Clubhouse stories. Um, folks are starting to get Twitter spaces. So uh, iAccessibility and my personal account have gotten spaces. Uh, we have a few folks on our Discord server that have it, but it's rolling out slowly, and most people may get it by the time this recording comes out, but uh, what do y'all... Uh, Taylor, what are your thoughts of Twitter Spaces? Um, well, considering that Twitter hasn't given it to me yet, and I've just only been uh, a recipient of listening to people's rooms who have it, and a lot of my WordPress followers have it also, so they've been starting Spaces. And, um... I like the concept, but it'll be interesting when I actually can experience it and when more people get on it, you know, because then, because right now there's not a lot of people on it, right? So we don't kind of know until, you know, like we see more people and more spaces are created and it kind of becomes a little bit more popular, but I think it's a cool idea and I think I like the audio quality. Um, it's a little bit better than Clubhouse, I think, right? Uh, I think it's about the same. Jason, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't have it yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I honestly, I think in some ways Clubhouse has better audio in that the iPhone doesn't seem to, I mean, it. it I think it does go into the um, in-call state on Clubhouse, but it doesn't, but Spaces has that standard, like, Discord or FaceTime shaping of the audio when you actually are um, speaking in a space, whereas Clubhouse doesn't seem to have that, and um, Discord, uh, uh, not Discord, uh, Spaces does sound better when you are a listener. Um, but other than that, I mean, mm -hmm. the audio is clear. You're going to have some noise reduction because of the noise reduction um, algorithm that iOS is using, but it sounds good. I mean, and it's it's very interesting because uh, we were discovering in a space the other day that I guess they have different interfaces for when voiceover is enabled and when voiceover is disabled. Well, that, that and on different phones, there's different user interfaces as well for voiceover users. Yeah, so that's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not necessarily knocking it for that. It's just an interesting observation that we had discovered. So, Another thing that's interesting in spaces is there's the host and then there's 10 additional speaker slots. So you could have a total of 11 <laughs> people speaking at one time. So unlike Clubhouse, you have to be a little more... Um, selective? Selective of who you allow yeah. on stage. Uh, the other problem is, well, 
I call it a problem. It may not be a problem. Uh, you can only have one host. So only really? one person can be a host of a space, and you cannot transfer that. And some audio, like pulling out headphones from the adapt from your phone, may cause a space to implode. Like, oh. think of the the sci-fi movies where, like, you, you like uh, a universe is imploding. You have like echoes, and you have like flashing of like uh, images and stuff. Like as a universe implodes on itself. So. Uh, we were in a space, and the person running the space uh, ended it by pulling out their headphones, and it caused the, uh, uh, the space to have problems. And so you would go, it still showed the space being there, but it would have me saying the same thing repeatedly over and over and over again until it kicked you out. So it was like this weird, trippy, like, this, this universe thing is, like, detached, like, being uh, destroyed. So, so it's like this weird sci-fi thing that's what the way I think of it. So it was it was a very strange malfunction of the spaces uh, uh, project. So it it's still in development, but I think Twitter may have something going here because uh, any of your followers can see it and any of the followers of the speakers can of the any of the speakers can see it and get notified. so, it's a way to really build your follower base and to let people know who you are and what you're trying to do, and I think that's really awesome. Uh, iAccessibility will be having some uh, spaces come up uh, in the next few, few weeks. so. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I actually had experienced a malfunction with spaces as well where um, I was speaking, and then all of a sudden like, I heard the audio make this like sound. And eventually, it, my whole phone started doing that. And then the Twitter app crashed. And then I reopened it and it was fine. Weird. Mm -hmm. So it was very weird. But I've only had that happen once, although I've not been in very many spaces. So Also, the sound effects that Spaces uses are kind of interesting. Yeah, they, they are. are. Actually. So, uh, it's interesting, you know, everybody is trying to get into this space. Haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> of doing what clubhouse does and the interesting thing is um you know twitter apparently thought about buying clubhouse so really mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, before they made their project so it's interesting stuff yes it is right and the nice thing too unlike clubhouse is I guess, um, at least unlike Clubhouse at the moment, is you apparently can um, have a space or at least join a space from Android officially with mm -hmm. the actual real Twitter app. Yes. But I saw something that Clubhouse may be coming to Android in May. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, may be coming to Android, you mean? Mm-hmm. They may be coming to Android, you mean? In May. Exactly. <laughs> they, they may, may, they may be in May. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, uh, I saw that in the, uh, as a talking point for a clubhouse room after the town hall today, so. Okay. I wonder how the app is going to perform with TalkBack. Well, that'll be a whole nother sack of potatoes, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we'll have to see how that works. 
So that's our, we'll have our main topic after our break, but that's our main news uh, for, for the last couple of weeks. Um, but I want to talk to you guys about uh, web hosting. As a service that iAccessibility provides, we offer web hosting for folks that want to have a website at iAccessibility. We uh, allow people to be regular users where you could have uh, unlimited domains, unlimited emails, unlimited space. And then we have uh, our reseller plan, which lets you actually resell hosting. Uh, the regular account is $5 a month and reseller is 10 or $60 a month for a year and $120 as a reseller a year. So uh, we use cPanel. We use the latest versions of everything that's available. So come join us uh, and bring your website over to iAccessibility where we will host your website. And uh, we also have um, services that you can use to get your website developed. Uh, we have um, uh, Taylor's Accessibility Services who, you know, through Taylor here on the podcast uh, to build websites. And we also have uh, Lauren's Tech Services, uh, Lauren Flinner, who is working with us as well as a reseller. And we have a lot of other folks. So we will be, uh, you'll be able to see those folks in on the iAccessibility websites, check out their pricing, and uh, make a decision on how to best get your website up and off the ground. So uh, check iAccessibility.net, and we will have all of that information there for you. Interesting news that uh, there was a lawsuit, if you're not familiar with it, a long time ago. I think it's like eight years old or uh, nine years old, maybe even 10 years old, where Google was sued by Oracle to uh, for using Android and APIs, or using Java with the Android uh, operating system and of certain APIs that are used. And uh, it was announced this week that Oracle lost the lawsuit and Google won. And so Google is now allowed to use uh, Java for their um, for Android. So, what are y'all's thoughts on this? Because I think this is kind of big news because it's been a very long and arduous battle for Google. Um, so, what what are y'all's thoughts on this? I think, you know, you're right. It, it really has been a long and arduous battle for Google. Um, that being said, I mean, I wouldn't say no to the next version of Android being HTML5 based. I mean, I find it very interesting. Like I said, it's just been a long battle, so we'll just kind of have to see what happens. I mean, but yeah, I'm interested in your take, Michael, since you do develop Android apps, what your thoughts are. Well, it's it's interesting because it's not really clear if Google would have lost what would have happened because of, uh, you know, every a Android app developer that made paid apps is using Java. So, uh, you know, in the meantime, Google made Kotlin, which ran on the Android, uh, I mean, on uh, the Java uh, environment. So there was a, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, ways of looking at it because, uh, you know, Google's already tried to move on. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to just say, well, Java's kind of not the way we want to go, but this would make sure that they don't have to you know, really go and say, well, hey, app developers, you know, you're going to have to pay this licensing fee and backdate it to when the, you know, operating system was created. 
So that's at least good for the developers. Yes. But it's just, uh, it's. I think it's good because uh, Java is used in so many ways, and I kind of feel like this was Oracle's way of saying, hey, let's pick on Google because they're big. And, you know, they lost. And, they, you know, there was appeals and all this kind of stuff, and they officially lost. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, Google is, you know, able to continue using it. Developers continue using it. Uh, but it's interesting because now a lot of internal Google uh, apps are being written in Rust for Android. So that's, you know, it's interesting. interesting that they're opening the platform up to different languages. But I don't think that they will, I don't think we'll see an Android app be written with HTML5. I think, uh, yeah. uh, you know, if they would have to put Electron on Android, and I don't think that that's going to be anything, you know, worth doing. Maybe React Native, maybe, you know, other things. But uh, I could see them using something like... Uh, you know, some other uh, kind of way to build apps, uh, another programming language, and then just keep using the design, the material design model and the user interface stuff that they're using. Uh, so maybe, you know, it would be neat to see Python, but I know that won't happen. Um, or even if they would use uh, Node.js, that would be kind of cool to work with it. But uh, I don't know. We're just going to have to see where they go but the the reason why this is important to me it's it signifies that uh you know google you know has made it a precedent that uh they can now work with the uh you know developers can work with google in any language java kotlin or however you want to build your apps and you're not limited you don't have to worry about the impending doom of java being removed and your app be taken out of the store that's definitely an interesting point. I mean, because, like, they could technically uh, build, like I said, apps with, like, um, Ionic or PhoneGap or any of those other frameworks, React Native. I mean, there's already a lot of React Native apps out there. Yep. Or even Xamarin. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh. It's already there, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many possibilities, and it's just opened up more. Yep. And, you know, uh, I think native apps on Android... It doesn't matter as much if you're building natively on Android, you know, the more I think about it, because Android is so, you know, you're using XML, you're using all these things. So uh, whereas iOS, you get more uh, more of a uh, reward for building natively. I don't think that you get that much of a reward for it using React Native and things like that on right. the Android side. Michael, then would you, like, per se, if... Um, Google gave you the option to build an Electron app for Android. Would you actually? Would you do it? I don't know. Uh, I okay. think I would. I think I would try it and see how well okay. it worked. But okay. the reason is is that um, you know th there is Chrome already on Android. There is. And, and so I think that they could be done. I just don't know how much memory they would take up and how well they would manage. But. If, if you really look at it, every Android app takes up a lot of memory because basically right. when you want to create a music player, you're creating almost a, a service, like an, a separate application. If you want to, you know, in every screen that your app has, you're basi basically making a separate application. 
And the way that these, these little applications work is they talk to each other and send data back and forth. And they're allowed to do that in the, in the uh, walled garden because they're all in that walled garden, but they're still um, individual apps. And because the neat, the crazy thing is, is that if you know enough about another person's app and they donate, you know, information, you could talk to Spotify and bring up a specific page from your app and you go back and you're back in your app. So it's like weird that the way Android apps work that they are not like little, uh, you know, uh, they're not walled off as much as Apple apps are. Interesting. So. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Like I said, especially because you are a developer and you work with a lot of Android apps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see the change in Android in the next few years. And, and you know, uh, there was an article that was released on what uh, Chromebooks would be getting Android 11, which is not even Android 12. And, you know, the Braille Note, uh, not Braille Note, the Braille Sense 6, I keep changing the names on these. Uh, you know, it's getting Android, uh, is it 11 or 10? I think it's 10. 10. Yeah, I believe it's 10. And so it's interesting seeing these newer devices get this stuff um, and, you know, the older versions of Android going away. Uh, it's it's interesting to see if we continue. I, I think we'd have to get to, like, Android uh, 15 or, or so before we started seeing uh, a move off the Java platform for yeah. development. Because if, you, if they added say the ability to do uh, I don't know um, Rust or some or uh, or Python or some other language as a replacement to Java then you would be looking at only supporting that version of Android and you couldn't back you couldn't go back uh, versions so it will be interesting to see uh, how long it will take for that support is adopted by developers because uh, Android 12 is still, as far as I know, a Java-based version of Android. So if they want to change to something new, it would start with Android 12 or Android 13. But then anything on Android 12, 11, or 10 would no longer, uh, you know, you couldn't uh, support those versions of Android with your new app. Correct. Unle- unless, they, unless they had a compatibility layer, right? So, mm-hmm. which if they did that, that would be because it's Java related and you're, you would be doing it at runtime and not compile time. That would also take up a lot of memory, more yeah. so than Java, because you're going from one thing to the other on the fly. Yep. So Either way, it's a memory. Either way you look at it, no matter what you do, it's going to be more of a memory hog. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where Java, where Android goes with Java in the future. So. I feel like this was a pretty interesting topic this time. So um, we will not have next time. We won't have as much as an advanced topic for for our main part of our show. But I figured, you know, sometimes these things can be educational for folks that don't know a lot about programming. So I wanted to throw this in here. Yeah. So with that, do you guys have any final comments to wrap up the main topic for today? I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see the changes that this could bring to both Android and Chrome OS. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, be- I don't, ha- I have we heard anything else about Google's Project Fuchsia? There's talks that that is still actually in production. So 
Uh, it's not forgot about that. It's not canceled, and that may eventually replace Android, but uh, it is still in in development, and so it's kind of a internal thing running at Google, as far as I know. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just was thinking though. I was like, I wonder how that is going to be affected at all, if at all. So. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. I totally forgot about Fuchsia. It's one of those things. It's like Google has so many projects. It's like we forget, you yeah, know. I know. And then when they kill something, we're like, wait, what did they? What is this? Like, right. It's like you guys had a RSS feed <laughs> software at one time. Right. Really? What? All right. So, um, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. But as usual, uh, let's start us off, Jason. What is your pick for today, and where can we find you online? So, I have actually been talking on my pick this entire show. Um, and uh, my pick is not a show, but it is the M1 MacBook Pro. So I officially, finally, have the 13-inch M1 MacBook Pro. <laughs> so what you guys have been hearing me speak on are the built-in microphones on the machine. So this is the studio array. Um, microphones. I don't know if there's really anything negative I can really say about this machine yet, other than I wish the speakers were slightly louder and I I wish I had more ports. Um, but that being said, I mean, like, nothing I do on this machine has felt slow. Whether it's, you know, messing around with logic or, you know, browsing pages in Safari. I've had pages that wouldn't read because they were infinitely busy on my Mac read fine on this one. Um, it's just, it's great. I'm not minding the touch bar. Autofill with touch ID is amazing. These microphones are amazing. I mean, it's just, I love this machine. Um, so, yeah, it's totally my pick. As far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can also follow me on Twitter at JDE, that is Juliet Delta Echo 91. And if you happen to see me around on Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse, feel free to say hi. Awesome. And Taylor, what about you? What's your pick for this week and where can people find you online? Uh, so you can find me online. Uh, I produced some content for iAccessibility. You can email me at taylor at iAccessibility.net. You can check out my website. Uh, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R-A-R-N-D-T dot com. Um, you can also visit me on YouTube at Taylor's Tech Talks. So if you like to hear me talk, you can go there and check out my new uh, WordPress series that I'm doing. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Arndt 22. You can find me on Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces. Uh, maybe, if I ever get it. And my pick, um, let's see. Well, since I really didn't get any new technology since the last time that we, uh, talked, I would say that the thing I've been doing the most lately is WordPress, uh, WordPress stuff. And I would say, if you're trying to build a website, you want to make sure that you have a good form plugin. We just got something called Gravity Forms, which will help us make awesome forms with payment systems, and it's very accessible. So, that is 
pick. I know it's a little bit advanced, but I had to come up with something on the fly here. And yeah, that is uh, where you can find me and my pick for the week. Awesome. So my pick for this week is a book series I've been reading called Expeditionary Force. The audible versions are great. I'm in book six. I think there's like 12 books in this series. It's very long. Uh, they're like 15 to 17 hours long. First one is called Columbus Day, and it's about uh, it's a sci-fi series. Aliens come to Earth uh, and attack. It turns out the aliens that attacked are actually the good guys, and they were trying to uh, make Earth uh, not somewhere where the enemy would want to come. And then uh, so they go out. Uh, humans go out into space, and it's about uh, a group that takes control of the starship and. Uh, uh, helps keep humanity safe. So it's it's an interesting series. There's a lot of uh, funny, hilarious moments, and the audiobooks are great. There's a AI that is uh, hilarious. So uh, check it out if you like those kind of books. It's called Expeditionary Force. The first book is called Columbus Day. So very awesome book series. As for where you can find me online, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M I K E. D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter and Michael Doeys on Facebook and on Clubhouse. Uh, I have also ran several Twitter spaces, so you might, if you follow me, you'll see some of those. And uh, I will be running some as iAccessibility, so check those out. So very excited to see how that goes. I want to thank everybody that's been here and uh, Jason and Taylor for, for being on the show and anybody that watches our YouTube stream. We do this show on YouTube every time, so uh, subscribe and leave a like and turn on those notifications so you find out when we are live on the, uh, uh, doing our live recordings, and uh, we try to put those out on Twitter as well. So I'm very excited that we're able to bring you this content, and I'm, I always enjoy uh, talking tech with you guys, so it's really awesome, and we will be back in a few weeks for some more technology information and discussion so again thanks everybody and we'll see you next time bye bye guys bye everyone this show has been brought to you by the iacast network we love hearing from you email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net got twitter follow us at iaccessibility1 facebook search for iaccessibility download our free apps for ios and android and keep up with all of our content at iaccessibility.net if you'd like to donate to our show hit the paypal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com iacast thanks for listening